This is the Criterion Cast, episode 204. We're recording this on Wednesday, January 1st, 2020. Today we'll be discussing the Wacky New Year's drawing, released just a short time ago. I'm Ryan Gallagher, and joining me today, I have David Blakesley and Aaron West. Hey, David. Hey. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Ryan and David. Good to be back. Thank you both for joining me. We have so much to talk today. I don't know how how we're going to get squeeze all this into a manageable <laughs> uh, length. I mean, we got another wacky drawing. And as usual, this thing is just massive and uh, it's going to take a while to break this down. <laughs> some of these things, you know, who knows what some of these might mean. Obviously, we're joking because this drawing is much, much smaller than the past uh, 10 drawings. This is now the 11th year that Criterion is doing this wacky New Year's drawing, and it was uh, surprisingly small mm-hmm. compared to past ones. Yeah, pretty light on the wacky this year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, you know, do we even bother with this episode because it's such a, <laughs> a small drawing and it's such a, it's the, the pieces of the drawing seem almost obvious and they're almost all things that we kind of knew were coming or there had been rumors about most of this stuff. Almost. Uh, I'd say three out of four. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess for anyone who hasn't, looked at the drawing yet, you should obviously go over to the website and take a peek in the inside criterion area of the current and take a look at their drawing. It's uh, four pieces of the drawing. Each one is kind of like centered around a box of some kind. And so everyone's uh, immediate assumption is that this means that there will be at least four box sets uh, this year. So I think that's a a pretty safe assumption. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, So the, um, and we were talking, and I guess like before we get into that, the whole idea of four box sets in a year, you know, does that, is that notable? Is that kind of like a special thing for Criterion? And it definitely is, uh, you know, to have that many box sets, especially if, as we might assume, these are kind of be, you know, pretty big box sets, you know, bigger than just like a couple of films. This might be, you know, in some cases as big as maybe, um, or, you know, on the same level as something like the Bergman set, uh, potentially, you know, if, if one of these sets is, uh, you know, the complete works of a, of a single director given, you know, the anniversary this year. Um, but you know, in past years there have been, there have been occasions where, you know, back in like, especially around the time of the dual format, those like 2012, 2013, those were both years I think where we got um, multiple nice collector's editions, sometimes box sets. You know, there were years where we got like the Katsi trilogy and the trilogy of life, but then also like bigger deluxe editions. Some years it was like, we would get like the big Showa set along with that same year, we would get things like, I think maybe the um, World Cinema Project plus, you know, the the um, Zadoichi box set. So, like, there have been years where there have been, like, it, it has been very expensive to be a collector where you, <laughs> you're buying, like, multiple box sets in a year. Plus, the Eclipse, when the Eclipse series was going strong and people were, you know, staying complete with that, those would kind of add into uh, the, the overall cost of your collection in a year. Yeah, my, my tendency here is that Criterion is looking to go big. Uh, I, I kind of wonder if they have discovered that the excitement generated by things like the Bergman box and the Godzilla set this year, the Olympics a couple years ago, 
uh, if that's not just a way to move a lot of units, you know, these tend to be timed with half price sales. So a lot of people, you know, load up thinking, Hey, I'm getting a great bargain here, you know, a $300 set for 150 bucks or whatever. And, um, it, maybe they've discovered that that's a, that's a, a way to grab, uh, you know, some, a good market share and, and get some pretty quick turnover. Cause I think the other piece here is that when they publish these things and then move them all out in a half price sale of some sort, maybe it's a flash sale on their own website through Barnes and Noble or whatever, that's a pretty quick turnaround. They don't have to hold a lot of inventory for a long time and they get, you know, collectors like us to make a significant investment in the brand and take home some pretty nice products uh, in the the process. So I think the fact that they've dedicated this, this traditional New Year's drawing to just four sets to me says these are all going to be, you know, larger than your average three or four film you know, box set, which, you know, they did a few of those this past year. Um, and they're, and they're great sets, but I think, I think they're going to be going large. Um, that's the kind of the vibe I get from this drawing. Yeah. Well, the, the drawing itself is going small, but the, I think the releases will be going large. And I think you're right. I think with Bergman and Godzilla, they probably proved the market that people are going to buy these things. And I would imagine they moved a lot of units and so, and it, but they haven't done, even though they've done box sets, I think last year we had, what, three with Coker, BRD, and film trilogy? Sternberg. Oh, Sternberg, yeah. I guess so two, two new ones, two upgrades. But they haven't in any year had two big ones. So I think, um, yeah, I think you're right that this is a great way to sell more products and draw more buzz. And um, and yeah, I, I think it makes sense for um, for these retrospectives to to move units. I mean, Criterion doesn't give a lot of numbers publicly as far as like how things are selling. Um, but there have been some indicators that, you know, things like the Bergman set. So last year when the Bergman set came out, or I guess now like the year before last, because it was, we're now in the whole new year of 2020, uh, in 2018, when the Bergman set was released by the holidays, hadn't it completely sold out of its first run yeah. and people oh, yeah. people were waiting yeah, really quick into January and February where they were going to do a whole second uh printing of it and so i mean for a, an expensive box set like that that you know retailed at like $300 and people were getting it for about 150 during the sales um it that's a pretty impressive number and but we don't we don't i don't think we know the the full run count of that but just that they underestimated the demand of that is pretty impressive. And I think that we've also seen kind of a sea change in how they release auteur uh, works. So when I think of the the vendors retrospective, so that's been what now three, four years when they came out with that. And I think we've received most of the titles individually, uh, just kind of parceled out over the last few years, but uh, they held the the Bergmans for quite a while. You might remember we didn't get a a upgrade for a good, a good couple years. And then, it looks like the same has been the case with Fellini. So, so yeah, I think they've just changed their strategy, and probably because yeah, they they are selling out. I'm guess, guessing Godzilla sold a lot too. Yeah. So speaking of Godzilla, this was linked to on the Criterion forum um, like ten days ago, and I don't know. Um, I, I I'm not that familiar with this website, but there's this website called thenumbers.com that links to that shows like um, box office counts, but it also shows home video sales. And mm-hmm. they did post back on um, like the week ending for November 10th, uh, and they have the Godzilla box set listed in this top ten ch- in this chart that they have, and 
um, at the time they say that the that the Godzilla box set had sold over 40,000 units and that is like um (laughs) over five million dollars worth of spending for that one thing um and that's like in two weeks of it being released Mm um so i don't and you know so who knows how many since then um and i don't know if this estimate is based on like actual numbers of uh that criterion is reporting or if this is numbers that uh, retailers are reporting like uh, and who who is involved with that and who is not involved with that so um, I guess take that with a big grain of salt but if that's true then that might mean you know that Godzilla is is a huge uh, you know money maker for Criterion and will help kind of fund uh, maybe lesser known box sets or box sets that are going to be much more have like a much more niche audience well maybe we can start looking at the drawing itself because i think it does sort of point the direction that uh, th- these are directors or in one case uh, a performer and an actor who all sort of have their own um followings and they have impressive bodies of work and uh a nice handsome volume collecting all of that stuff or at least the key entries uh would be you know a nice addition to a lot of people's collections you know there will be some who might only choose one or two to add to their library but uh you know i'll have all four <laughs> in yeah. time, i'm sure <laughs> and, and they all look like pretty enticing um you know products here that i think will be you know probably the biggest uh stress or pressure of it it will just be how do you fit it all in because there's just so much mm-hmm. good stuff um waiting to be discovered as well as the regular flow of ordinary releases that we have been getting month after month for all these years and ryan i just just out of curiosity i pulled up the uh, godzilla on amazon and just as of today january 1 it's the 193rd uh, uh selling disc total so it's in the top 200 of sales you know a couple months later just on Amazon, which is probably pretty substantial. So definitely, yeah. especially since they've kept it at like the fifty percent off price yeah, um, yeah. through through all of the holidays. So I bet that helped sell a lot of them. So let's talk about the drawing now. <laughs> let's, let's get into this one. So um, I guess we'll break it down into like the four four different box sets that it's referring to. Um, we'll talk about the, the top left one. Um, that has the E in it. I thought that was the Enron logo when I first saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the smartest men in the room. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Come into Criterion. But it looks more like a falling E or a fallen E or a felon mm-hmm. E. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little uh, not quite flat, so it's falling yes. or fallen. Yeah. So this is the Fellini box set that we've been all kind of rampantly speculating about. This is the 100-year centenary of his birth. Uh, and uh, just like they did with Ingmar Bergman, it seems like all in all in good time. And also Kurosawa. I mean, I think Fellini, mm-hmm. Bergman, Kurosawa have been sort of the you know the the trinity of of the Criterion Collection for many many years as the three you know standout auteurs uh, with global followings and all of that. So it only makes sense that if they've done those you know comprehensive sets for Kurosawa and then Bergman, now it's Fellini's turn. Yeah, and I'm I'm expecting pro and well, Lee Klein kind of teased it on another podcast uh, a few months ago, and there've been a lot of restorations being done in Italy for uh, Fellini's hundredth uh, birthday. But so I think this will be something closer to the Bergman treatment, uh, where it's if not a, a complete retrospective, because there's the the Studio Canal factor. I don't know if they can get them all back, 
But if not, I think it'll be pretty representative of his body of work. Uh, so there's a lot that still hasn't been upgraded. Um, a few titles we don't have yet. So I, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm thinking this will probably be the maybe the, the Christmas edition, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like if they were going to keep the the trend going of having the be you know the november release be the biggest of the year then it would make sense that that would happen yeah it does raise some interesting questions because yeah you've already mentioned studio canal aaron but there it seems like there was a lot of other distributors uh people who've owned the rights to fellini films as he got later on in his career yeah Uh, some of those older titles don't really get a whole lot of uh conversation it seems fred and ginger things of that sort and yet it, it you hope that you're going to get as as comprehensive and as full as possible just so you don't have to go picking up oddball releases from here and there i was at the uh uh the clowns i got that what was that uh what's, what's that the cinema well no it's it's the it's that italian label it specializes in all those italian is films like raro is that the one? yeah Ra- raro video yeah. right so so that's the thing they're gonna if, if they're gonna do this they're gonna have to pull a lot of um you know a lot of uh, title holders uh, so to speak in, into the conversation and i'm sure that they've been working on this and they mm-hmm. certainly were able to pull that off for the most part uh with the bergman set i think face to face being the big standout missing spot uh, yeah woody allen just wouldn't budge or something like that <laughs> but hopefully yeah it, it's going to be fascinating and, and i would imagine the nicely bound book all kinds of essays and quotes and lavish illustrations you know one, one can only hope, but I feel like that seems to be the direction they're going to go with uh, honoring Federico. Yeah, I think everything past Amacord is probably a little more sketchy, so his later 70s and 80s work. Uh, but I, it seems like they have ways of pulling this off. So we got a lot of Bergman, as you mentioned, and including stuff that was on other labels. So, yeah, nothing's impossible. So the, the next box uh, next to the E is the, the car. And on the wheels, it has a one and a little question mark on the wheels. And so this one also, as you read it out, it could be a one car Y. Uh, (laughs) And so uh, a one car Y box has been in in talks ever since the titles went out of print and then had reappeared on uh, Filmstruck and those early Filmstruck betas. That was like, as soon as people started looking around at what was available on Filmstruck, and you know and it hadn't gone public yet people were like oh well criterion still has and and even when uh chunking express went out of print i think someone had emailed them and they had responded saying oh well it will come back eventually um and so i think we've all kind of assumed that a a wong car y box uh has been in the works especially since some of them uh, like 2046 have been uh you know unavailable on blu-ray uh in a actual proper Blu-ray edition, um, you know, for the life of the film. Um, so it, you know, I think that one's also pretty obvious, but then leads to the questions of like, what is it going to include? And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like, is it going to be a, you know, how complete will it be? Is it just going to be the titles that maybe criterion has already released plus maybe 2046 in addition to that? Yeah, they've also been tweeting uh, a one car wife film. I think it feels like about every week for the last two years, um, and, and it's run the gamut. I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of Happy Together. Um, I think Chunking Express. So I, I think it will be the, the gamut. Maybe not. Maybe the, I don't know for the Grandmaster because isn't that a Miramax title? Yeah, and like, uh, do, will that? Um, 
Blueberry Nights, to... I think, is in that same yeah. mix as well, yeah. Yeah, those rights might be complicated given their situation. And it, it seems like the jam, the uh, keen, the titles that were released on Kino, so things like Days of... Uh, or Happy Together and... Um, what was the other one? There was another one that... Was it Ashes of Time? Or Days or? of Being no. Wild, I think, was also... Days of Being Wild, yeah. Was, was, yeah. was a Kino Blu-ray release, and so I think... Those ones have gone out of print now from Kino. They've lost the rights to them. So it seems like Criterion is slowly, hopefully behind the scenes, getting these all together. And that, w- that would make sense if it was like, you know, the like, l- maybe as tears go by also, although it's hard to mm-hmm. say if they'll get the rights to that one. And then um, maybe like Ashes of Time, like Ashes of Time, there's only been that Redux re-release version of it i think available uh on home video i don't know if the like original edition is even still um able to be released i i i feel like i've read i can't remember now the details of the whether or not that one has uh been like lost the original version is now lost and they've only have this redux version but that Hmm. rings a bell for me it is interesting as we're talking about a living director who's still got you know new stuff presumably in his future so you're not going to get the full career retrospective but i think yeah maybe those early directorial efforts up until like blueberry nights in 2007 he was yeah kind of on a hiatus between that and the grandmaster so maybe grandmaster is kind of a separate phase of his career i don't know it'll be interesting to see what they're able to you know pull and collect here i guess i can blab a little bit when i was at the Criterion offices in 2017, I saw restoration work being done on um, In the Mood for Love, which struck me as pretty remarkable since there had already been a Blu-ray edition release, but they said, yeah, we're just working on all of his stuff there. So <laughs> I've been sort of sitting on that one for a while. I may have, you know, blabbed it out here or there somewhere, but, you know, it seems like this has been a long-standing project. So again, it does feel like they want to try to put together as complete a package as possible. And it would be nice to have maybe at least a summing up of his early career up until maybe the late 2000s, you know, before the, you know, the decade that we just <laughs> exited there. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't call it the complete Wong Kar Wai. Um, no, no. Because he's still working. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I think, and they can't call it the essential because who knows how good, uh, I'm sure the, <laughs> what he puts out will be pretty good. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the almost complete Wong Kar Wai. So Greatest th- hit so far. <laughs> <laughs> so just a... a- brief follow-up on that so okay so in the wikipedia article for ashes of time they talk about how the original prints were lost and then wong re-edited and rescored the film in 2008 for the the redux version which shrunk it from 100 minutes to 93 minutes and then they're saying that the original version is still available in asian markets but that the redux version is the only one available to western markets so um, it could be interesting if they have somehow been able to or if they're somehow able to include both versions of it um, that might make it more appealing as a, you know, a collector's item. Well, there was, uh, the, uh, the, the 4k restorations that were 10 titles and then included ashes of time. So I don't know what, uh, it doesn't say what version, but 10 titles with, uh, maybe some supplements. I think he's done some documentaries. So that seems like a good number for, you know, that's about a Godzilla sized disc, uh, 10 discs. So, um, yeah, so I, I would expect, uh, you know, maybe not the level of the Fellini retrospective, because that's probably going to be, if it's everything, it'd be maybe 20, 25 movies. Um, but, yeah, 
I'm, I'm expecting it. So the, the next box set uh, down in the bottom left is the word yes with a uh, box on it. So it's on, on yes, uh, which everyone now is clever, uh, is very, uh, has quickly jumped on the idea that um, they'll be releasing an Agnes Varda, an Agnes Varda uh, box set. One. That was probably the biggest stumper of the of the clues. I think the other three are pretty quickly figured out, but gift on yes, yes, yeah, or present, what present. is it? Present, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. But I think you're right. I think everybody's right. It's And we all also knew it was coming. Uh, Rosalie Varda had already mentioned that there was going to be a big box next year. So this is almost, I don't want to say confirmation bias, but... But yeah, confirmation bias. Uh, confirmation, at least. Yeah, it's I'm it's interesting, you know. So like with the Bergman set, they they released the big box set. It had lots of supplements on it, lots of films. Um, but then they still continued to release the individual Blu-ray upgrades mm-hmm. of some titles. They also released, um, you know, like things like Shame, which hadn't been released previously in a new single edition. Um, it's interesting to think like, what are they going to do? with the Vardis stuff, uh, if they do, or with any of the stuff in general, like the Fellini with Wong Kar Wai, are they going to limit these releases to the boxes to help drive sales? Or like with Bergman, are they going to release them um, in a box and individually? And will they do that the same with, with Fellini and, and Varda? And it seems like, I mean, since they just released One Sings, The Other Doesn't last year individually, if they're if they knew that they were working on a box set and they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, kind of help help these things sell. Maybe they'll do the same. Maybe, that you know, we're still getting that uh, Varda by Agnes film. It seems like that's going to be, a, a, you know, an individual Criterion release um, in addition to it, hopefully being collected in whatever giant retrospective box that might lead or might come from this drawing. I'd be kind of disappointed if they if they did three big boxes and they kind of parceled out individual titles from each of them, uh, just because I want I'd like to see more catalog titles, uh, single releases. Uh, so, but I, I imagine if they did that, even with Bergman, they spaced it out over about a year. So, I could see them upgrading maybe four by Agnes Varda if they wanted to do that, uh, maybe a year later, and uh, maybe yeah. Maybe, Maybe the, her latest documentary. Uh, my question is: Do you think because uh, there already is an Eclipse series, and uh, David, you're the Eclipse yeah. master? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you think they'll are they'll bring all of her work back? Do you think they'll bring the documentaries and the narratives? That's a really interesting question because you're right. I think the their uh, reluctance or hesitance to not uh, upgrade the four by Varda uh, box set, the DVD set, up to Blu-ray for so many years now has sort of always been an indicator to me that they have some bigger project in mind because not only are those, you know, really good and important films, they're all really visually beautiful films that I think, you know, the sources should be able to upgrade to to high def um, pr- pretty well. I mean, even La Pointe Court, the, the oldest of the set, is really remarkable, the compositions mm-hmm. and clarity, and even the quality of the DVD. I mean, maybe that's one argument, is that the DVD set is a very nice one. Uh, but, you know, that it's such a, it's kind of a spotty collection. You know, it's, it's got, you know, films from different parts of her career with, with big chunks kind of skipped over uh, as a relatively early release. Uh, but there are so many different titles that 
um, again, they would have to track down and, and collate and, and bring in, especially from her later years, you know, after Vagabond. And are they going to, are they going to be able to retrieve all of that and make another big comprehensive Varda set? Or would it be almost something like what they did with her husband, the essential uh, Agnes Varda, right. <laughs> rather than the essential Jacques Demy, where you've think, got things like Model Shop and, and other stuff that he did kind of left out, but you, you got the big kind of tentpole stuff there. Um, whether the Eclipse titles, I think there's what, there's a couple features, a few short films there, uh, some interesting documentaries. I mean, she's, she's, she's so all over the place with so many different styles of, of filmmaking that she did over the course of a very long career that uh, um, I think it would be wonderful. And, and she's become such a sort of a, a matriarch, a, almost like a sainted figure in, in the Criterion uh, circles, the, the fandom and all of that, um, by making herself available and by being one of the, one of the last you know, survivors of the, of the Nouvelle Vague and continuing to do work into her you know, old age. And of course, she passed last year. Um, so I think a, a really lovely tribute set would be, would be wonderful. Um, but again, how much can they pull together since I'm sure with her, you know, very independent course that she pursued again the rights are in a lot of different people's hands and would they all be willing to you know contribute what what they have to this kind of comprehensive edition of her work some of these films especially like you know recent things like faces places that was released by cohen and then like the sinalicious releases the kung fu master and the jane b um those are out of print now but um I don't know. Do we know if it, I forget? Have they said uh, that they're still that um, Arbelos is, has is going to reissue those titles? Do we know if that's happening? Haven't heard. I, I think they were all in that uh, that retrospective that played at uh, Lincoln Center. So um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I, I know that Arbelos is working on uh, the um, uh, Satan Tango. So I think that's taken a lot of their time. Yeah. Uh, although um, one thing about Agnes Varda is uh, she's the only person, at least that we know of, that took a nap at Criterion Collection. So I would love <laughs> to see a special feature about that, uh, yeah. which is, is such a great move. All right. So let's move on now to the bottom right box set. This is the one that has the little sculpture in it with a bruised eye. Some people think this looks like Robert <laughs> Robert E. Lee. And so it could be a bruised Lee box <laughs> clever pulling <laughs> um i guess i've also seen one of the folks in the in one of the forum or one of the facebook groups thought this could be a bust uh of of keaton but i don't uh so it could be like a buster keaton one i mean we we kind of know that the cameraman is coming and so but i think that's kind of a, a more of a reach cohen's been putting out a lot of those yes. so i and i think there's a lot more to come from them so i i wouldn't wouldn't see that as likely they would certainly make that figure look a lot more like buster keaton there's there's no characteristics yeah. that yeah. that remind you of him there's no hat yeah. stone face all of that stuff is I, this is robert e lee i think we're on the right track with bruce <laughs> yeah. lee <laughs> okay so we can have a double feature of Lestrada and game of death there you go <laughs> <laughs> So a Bruce Lee box set, what does that mean for Criterion? You know, do we, there, there have been many box sets over the years uh, on DVD and Blu-ray from various distributors. Um, recently, there was a Shout Factory box set that um, 
that they had released then went out of print. They've also done individual releases of things like Fist of Fury and The Chinese Connection. What do you think, uh, or what would you want from a Bruce Lee box set from Criterion? We did recently get, you know, the Jackie Chan police uh, story films. Is it going to be a big comprehensive box set? Is it just going to be a few films collected together that Criterion has been able to get the rights to or maybe work on restorations of? Um, It seems like that would also be on the level of, like, the Jackie Chan films or even the Godzilla films where it could be, it could be a huge moneymaker for Criterion to to get into this market. Yeah. I have to figure they were pretty encouraged by the Jackie Chan uh, results. And I think, you know, Jackie Chan's great, but Bruce Lee is legendary. I I guess there's probably some people who'd Mm -hmm. say Jackie's legendary as well, but I, I, I think this would be a fantastic set. I think everything through like enter the dragon would be great. And then, you know, whatever, documentary clips or you know film essays or supplements i i have to imagine there's a a lot of cool stuff that they could gather together but you know yeah yeah fist of fury big boss way of the dragon game of death under the dragon i think that would be a fantastic set yeah and i think uh, jackie chan would probably say that this is very worthy that this is probably a huge influence on him i think it's just interesting because this is this isn't what you really think you think of as criterion and i know that's a very gray area because you know there's there's the high art, there's Fellini, and then there's Michael Bay. But um, but it does seem like, I, I think nobody would argue that Bruce Lee isn't important to the kung fu genre uh, film. I think vitally important, and even to uh, Blaxploitation and, and some of those films. Mm-hmm. But but it is interesting that the dichotomy of we have three, uh, you know, pretty much clearly art film directors and then one genre uh, martial artist. But I would love it. I, I think... Um, I loved to see the films. I, I saw a number of them when I was a kid, and I'm not sure how they hold up. But I think more just seeing, you know, the more the supplements I think about him uh, would be pretty fascinating. And I agree with you, David. I, I don't know how much work he has, but I'm thinking this is probably maybe a four to five film set. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's there's excellent you know feature films that he made while he was still alive, and you know, but were some were released shortly after he passed on. Um, but as a performer, I mean, you know, we, we have had sets of like Greta Garbo and, mm-hmm. and others where it's just their presence Dietrich. and what they do on screen. Yeah. Dietrich. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of Dietrich, not Garbo. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, just what they do on screen and the kind of the, uh, the power of their presence and their iconic cultural status, why not give them the best, uh, you know, presentation? Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, maybe another example. Even though we only got the one film so far, uh, it's just they they made such a huge impact just in what they did on screen as performers uh, that influenced a lot of other kind of imitators and wannabes along the way. So uh, yeah, to me, this makes total sense. I mean, Bruce Lee kung fu films that was a big deal back in the 70s and and it's you know continued on in its own way i think it even influences you know a lot of action films of of today i guess before we wrap things up for the end of this episode here i'm curious what you guys what your thoughts are on the the size of this drawing and how it relates to past (laughs) ones do you think it's small (laughs) is that so it, it it's so much smaller there's so many fewer clues in it than past drawings um mm-hmm. some have been just like these giant works that spread across multiple images and um this one is just uh 
on, on such a different level. And it almost feels mm-hmm. like this is something that they would put in like the email newsletter at the end of a month, even though it does indicate, you know, four different releases that all could be very expensive and big uh, in their own right. Uh, do you, do you, do you think this means anything for Criterion's release plans for the next year? Like, do you, I mean, so far of what we've seen in January, February, March for the individual releases, it doesn't seem like they're slowing down on a monthly basis of releasing, you know, five to six titles or more a yeah. month. Um, but then like this drawing, I don't know if that, that should, if that's like some kind of little red flag that we should be paying attention to, to say like, huh, I wonder if this means something for Criterion. Yeah, I, I kind of liken it to um, so Christmas morning when you're five years old and there's a whole bunch of toys and then Christmas when you're 25 and you get two gift cards. You know, this kind of <laughs> seems like when you're 25. Uh, the thing is, these are really nice gift cards. These, I, I, wanna, I want all four of these, but it, I think it does take a little of the fun out of um, piecing things together. Also, because it's so so easy. I think the last several years we've... You know, mostly 10 years, we've all spent, uh, you know, hours looking at these clues and checking to see what people say online. Um, but I, but I think also it just is, they're just indicating what's important to them in 2020. Uh, because you remember, was it a year before last, they had all those clues related to Filmstruck. Yeah. The stream, right. The stream. And I think that disappointed people because those were four or five clues that weren't related to a, a title. Um, but that was what they were doing. That was and Filmstruck, you know, rest in peace was a big deal for them. So I think four box sets like this, especially if they're career retrospectives of a couple of directors is a big deal as well. So I, I don't think they're going to slow down the catalog titles. So if anything, we just get more surprises the rest of the year. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, monthly newsletter, you know, cartoons that are still sort of out there on the way. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you're right, Aaron. They just wanted to kind of say, here's our big push and let's not, you know, uh, neglect to respect the amount of of work and 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 labor and and sweat and toil that it takes to put these box sets together. It's one thing, to, yeah. you know, it's to one film, restore it, put a little essay, some liner notes together, nice cover. But when you do the big box, you're 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 working overtime, and a lot of other people are as well to get it right and to make sure everything is just the way it's supposed to be. What would your dream? release schedule be like for these if there were going to be four big expensive box sets like how would you pace them out over the year to make it uh so that people didn't like (laughs) go bankrupt i guess in uh collecting them (laughs) yeah that's what they i think this is the smallest clue but it's the as far as size but the biggest as far as wallet um well i I think it would if you think about it there's you know assuming barnes noble happens there's going to be two sales and then two flash sales probably. So maybe they could uh, squeeze them in in around then. Obviously February is probably, um, we already have that release slate. So that one's going to pass by, but I would think maybe, uh, maybe a big one in the summer, a big one in the fall. And then the Bruce Lee, if it's a smaller one sprinkled in, I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be expensive, whatever they do, especially if they're all in 2020. Yeah. I'd probably go with uh, my, Release order, you know, Bruce Lee first, uh, Wong Kar Wai. I'm as far to fully save it for the end of the year, but you know, yeah. I'll take what they give. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy them all, all four if they came out right now. So <laughs> that's right. I guess we still yeah. have the potential for them to also surprise us this year with other box sets that aren't here. I mean, we we've we've thought 
you know, do you, will they release a third volume in the World Cinema Project series? Um, or will they, will they return to the Eclipse series at some point? Like, and so those might also be, you know, additional box sets. I don't know if they're going to pace out the World Cinema Project uh, to be a, a multi-year gap in between them as they've done, as they did with like volumes one and two. And so do we have to wait even longer for volume three? Um, but you know, there have been rumors of other titles that Criterion has the rights to that seem like they'll fit in with the third volume of, of the world cinema project. Yeah. They might just release them as standalone, uh, like they did with memories of underdevelopment. Uh, so if they get anything major, that would make sense. Um, and, and there's also, there was discussion of the Kiristami box set yeah. uh, for, and, and I think that, I think his son said it was coming this year. Uh, so I'm doubting that at this point, but um, yeah, it's always it's always so hard <laughs> to know what the when the family posts stuff because I feel like we've we've seen this happen with you know the Harold Lloyd family and um, and Kiarostami and with others where they will they have some rough idea of like Criterion's plans, but then they will say something and we'll all kind of latch onto it like, oh, well, they must know because right. they're a part of the family. But really, they kind of don't know. They might have some idea or Criterion might have said, oh, yeah, we're going to work on that next year. And so they take that mm-hmm. as like, oh, well, it's coming out next year. Definitely. So guys, unless you have anything else, I think we can probably wrap this up uh, for the day here. What... um any any final thoughts or anything uh, that you want to uh, share as we wrap this up? I guess I just want to give a little you know nod to Matthew Gasteyer who kind of uh, I'll paraphrase but it's like shit I got a deadline for a cartoon <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it, it does feel a little tossed off there. Maybe Jason Pollan was just you know pretty busy, or maybe this is all that Criterion gave him to work with. You know, well, we can only we can yeah. only speculate there, uh, but. You know, it's an interesting twist. I guess they they surprised us, which is part of the fun of this. Is what are they going to throw at us this year? And this is what we got. Yeah, and I'll just say, I, I even though this is neat, I, I hope there's twenty clues next year, and we can have a little more fun with it. But uh, but uh, again, if there's these four box sets, I'll be uh, uh, pleased as a plum uh, come the end of the year. Probably have a, a lot to watch too. So. Yeah, I'm still working on my Bergman box set, so let's... Uh, let's just same here, there. same here. This is like a 20-year project with these box sets. I know, it is It's it is very interesting to think about how many hours of viewing these four box sets represent uh, and how long it would, you know, how long it's going to take to uh, complete all of that. Um, well, guys, thank you so much, Aaron and David, for joining me today. Um, thanks, everyone, for downloading the show. And if, I guess if you have any thoughts on uh, what these might mean or how you're feeling about the the drawing overall this year, feel free to uh, reply at us on Twitter, post on our Facebook page, and we'll have links in the show notes to where you can find everyone. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>